Live from New York, it's Ask This Engineer. Hey everybody, and welcome to Ask Engineer. It's me, Lady Ada, the engineer, as it says down there with me, Mr. Lady Ada. we got a jam-packed show for you tonight. An hour plus of all the maker hacker engineering news, uh, plus a special feature, uh, Phil's rant. Uh, you'll have to just really? tune in. No, it's not a rant. It's how we can all... No, do it's good. It's like, it's got feelings. It's, it's, it's how we can all do things better together. It's Phil's advice. No, it's not rants. What do you want me to say? I just think how we could do things better together. I, I love them, so I don't... I mean, yeah. It's a positive thing. Yeah. I mean, it just depends on how you look at it, I guess. Okay. I'm sorry. I didn't mean... I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> I, what I meant was uh, his, his passion. I mean, it's a little bit of a rant. <laughs> it's a passionate view. All right. Let's kick right into it. Uh, what, why don't you tell us what's on tonight's show? All right. On tonight's show, we're going to talk about shipping safe and smart. We are still shipping all of your orders nearly instantly... Safely. Safely. Here's some pre-pandemic photos. Our team thanks you for keeping us in biz all this time over the last year and more. Please place your orders if you'd like to support Adafruit and all these folks manufacturing in New York City. Show and tell people around the world showing and sharing their projects. Lady Ada will be talking about who's on the show and tell, what they share. Time travel, look around the world of makers, hackers, artists, engineers, current news and more. Help Wano, we got some jobs from the Adafruit Jobs Board. We've got some circuit on pi circuit Python news python and hardware news micropython news all the news that's pythony that's in our newsletter and more got some made in new york city factory footage we got some 3d printing videos from noam pedro we have everyone's favorite segment digikey and adafruit present INMPI this week is worst electronic new products top secret we're going to answer your questions over on Discord, all 28,000 plus of us, adafruit.it-discord. Please go there to post your questions towards the end of the chat. We'll try to get to all of them, but that's the best place to do that. All that and more on, you guessed it, Ask an Engineer. All right. That's uh, us. Okay, so... Um, Let's get right to let me, um, content. Yeah, let me uh, go over some stuff. I think there was a weird... Um, Twitch stream? There was a weird thing where I stopped the show and tell, but maybe it didn't go. But if you're having any problems, hit the refresh. Refresh. Um, let them, let them uh, uh, give them a chance to catch up. Yes. I think the show is running late. So um, before we start off, I'm going to do one of the unfortunate things that I, that I have to do um, each show, it seems. So um, this is uh, some friends of mine. Um, they're in a space in... Uh, Brooklyn Center in Minneapolis. Um, they're an advertising agency, uh, creative firm. I used to work with some of the people there. They're doing a relief drop-off at Brooklyn Center um, at the at Coven's uh, Minneapolis. It's a 2429 Nicolette Avenue. Um, it's relief for the folks in Brooklyn Center. And I know for folks who haven't maybe seen the news, Brooklyn Center is in Minnesota. Um, another person was killed by the police. And so... Right now, especially in the backdrop of what's going on with the uh, officer that is accused of killing George Floyd, this is not good. Um, we're all tired of it. Another person dead. So that community, um, they have uh, needs. There's people that are protesting. There's people that are trying to help out the community. So this is where the relief drop-off is. I'm going to post some more resources on Adafruit um, as soon as I get a chance. Um, I try to wait because we'd like to do more things than just a hashtag. Um, we try to use our platform for good and for awareness and to get people to do things. So I'll post links. Some of these are uh, direct for the family. This is for Dante Wright and uh, other resources and more. So sorry I have to do this every week, but this is how it is, and this is important to all of us. Um, these are human rights 
that we're all fighting for. So on to show stuff. Um, so we have a uh, mass thing that we've been doing for the last uh, 75-ish days, 85-ish days. So our 100 days of masking is almost over. Um, we put a mask in every order that's a dollar or more going to all of the United States, and it's worked out really well. Thank you, everyone. You've sent me nice emails. You've told our team, and uh, it's part of what we do for freebies. Um, we're going to be ending this because it's going to be that 100 days soon. Yes. And it's also part of the other things we give away. That's right. Lady Ada, what do we give away in each and every order? I'm glad you asked. We're still doing all sorts of freebies. We love to give away free hardware that we think is useful. $99 or more, you get a free Promoproto half-size breadboard. Great for making your projects more permanent and uh, have nice soldered wires instead of a breadboard, which can be flaky after many years of use. One for nine or more, you get a free um, semi-QT board. We have a couple different sensors that unfortunately are, we can't get anymore because there's a part shortage. But we still have about 10 to 15 different boards. Uh, you'll get a different one each order. If you make an account, we'll make sure you don't get the same one twice. Otherwise, you'll just get a totally random one. Um, uh, $1.99 or more, you get free UPS ground shipping in the continental U.S. And $2.99 or more, you get a Circuit Playground Express, our all-in-one dev board that's great for use with CircuitPython, Arduino, Code.org, CS Discoveries, MakeCode, Rust, and more. So it's a great no-solder way to learn programming. Um, we give them away for free. Kids love them. And adults love them. Yeah. Everyone loves them. Even we're, cats. We're going to have a bunch of more freebies. The other thing that's, that I'm, I'm sure we're all going through in our lives in different ways. So everything's kind of restarting. So you'll hear about part shortages. You'll also hear about like, okay, we're all, everybody's back and a lot of things are kind of restarting. And so there's some projects and some efforts and some things that we really wanted to do. And we have a whole new lineup of products. So we'll probably have a, hunt, a bunch of other freebies. Um, we've tried to keep everything um, as easy to manage for our teams over the last year. Um, and now we're all like ready to go and even add more and do more. Um, we just want to make sure we weren't adding any more burden to the already kind of complicated thing, which is operating during a pandemic. So um, stay tuned for that. There's a lot of cool stuff. Um, in particular, like I think we'll see Trinkies and more maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't want to. Yeah. Don't ruin it. I don't want to ruin it. Secret. Yeah. So keep ordering stuff. Trinkies. Um, show and tell people around the world. Show and share the project. Lady Ada, we had a bunch of folks on show and tell. Yeah, I'll go through them real fast. There was a lot, so I won't, I won't hit everybody, but uh, JP is... Uh, got an Adafruit Funhouse. He's adding a PIR sensor to make a motion-activated project. He'll show that on his live stream tomorrow. Jepler uh, made a little whack-a-mole game with a Neoki Featherwing. Melissa uh, made a Home Assistant uh, interface using a Funhouse so she can, like, control her lights and have her Alexa, like, actually work with the Home Funhouse and, like, turn on the LEDs. Very impressive. She actually got a lot of integration going. Uh, Known Pedro updated their 8x8 matrix to be a 32x32 matrix. They have a, um, a video that we're going to show to whet your appetite later this week. They're going to probably have the guide. It uses the RP2040 feather. Uh, it plugs right into the back. Scott has been doing a lot of uh, continuous integration um, auto-commenting work. Uh, so we have um, a continuous integration that checks people's code to make sure it's linted. Uh, it compiles, it uh, doesn't need any formatting, but that can be a little confusing for people, especially if it's their first time contributing to CircuitPython libraries. So we're gonna use GitHub Actions to help people uh, to tell them what they need to do um, and point them to their guides that we've written. Not not rant related, but one of the things that I had in our, 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 talk, our, talk, our talk last week, I think yeah. I did, is um, I, I, I screenshotted someone, it was their first time that they ever put a pull request on GitHub, and it was pulled into the um, the Circuit Python branch, 
and uh, the entire repo. And they this, they were so happy. They're like, Yay. I've never done it before. I've, I've done it. And I think these type of tools will even help people even more. Um, because what we see a lot is folks will try to do things either in electronics or programming, and they get really discouraged. Not necessarily because of the tools. Some of the people aren't so friendly. Yeah. Um, but if you can help with all these tools, um, everyone always says like, oh, yeah, everyone should learn computer science. But that's easy to say in practice. You have to celebrate the achievements like a pull request. We should be robot friends. And and make these not, computers help us. Not robot disciplinarian. Yeah. Uh, Sean uh, coming to us uh, writing some code f- and tutorials for DigiKey. He's been playing with the Pico and got one Pico to debug another Pico via a VS Code with step debugging, which is very impressive. Um, took a week, so he's going to write that up so other people can learn uh, from from what he's learned, um, I'm excited because I, I I'm on Windows too, and, and I I agree. Uh, development used to be only on Windows. Now uh, Windows is actually the toughest. Robotics Colab uh, had a 12 week um, open source robot building project for a bunch of students. They built a robot. It can record and playback motion. And it's got like sensors and like vision, and it's a super cool looking robot. Yeah, robotics Colab. I'm gonna yeah, have a Colab. post about we'll this. Post they it. just sent me some more info a second ago. Stuart made a UVC disinfection box with an oven uh, as the body, uh, and it's got all sorts of safety interlocks and controls. I uh, did a really great job. It has like voice commands and warnings. Um, it has a uh, passcode so you don't accidentally uh, turn it on. Uh, a really great uh, engineering product. I like how they, they took it a couple extra steps to make it um, a really safe project because UBC can really, um, can really give you a sunburn. Uh, Michael uh, is working on his satellite message center uh, with the rock block modem and is getting further and further. I just come by and give us an update on how well it's working. Um, Cy got his Pico cellular board working and he made a Pico phone uh, using Twilio and the jokes API. You can call a phone number and it will um, tell you a joke. Or maybe it calls you and tells you a joke. I don't, I couldn't quite tell. Uh, Rick uh, took a, a Arduino uh, compatible Feather 328P and um, added some sensors to it and made a one use IoT project. It tells you whether the box that contains the dog food has been opened in the last seven hours. Um, why? Because that way you know if somebody's fed the dog in the last seven hours. Or if you know the dog's lying. Or, so or, you would know if the dog's lying, yeah. saying it, it hasn't been fed when it has somebody, because ha- he says there's four people in the household. And like, again, the dog is like, I'm, I've never fed, been fed my entire life. Um, this will, will light LED to let you know. Yeah. If you're someone who looks around your house and says, boy, I wish I had a thing that does a thing, um, check out the show and tells because there's a lot of like single serving devices that like, he also gave an ex- other example. So he has two ducks in, not quack, quack ducks, but ducks. 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 He has two ducks in um, his AC system. Um, two of them go one place, one of them goes the other. Now he can control all three <coughs> from different locations. That's a very specific thing. And for that house, that's the way it has to get done. And then for this dog feeder, and we also had uh, Colin did a cat one. Yeah. You just want to know if you fed them or not. And we're also working on something You where, don't want to log it. You don't have to go to the internet. You just want to know, did I yeah. feed the, the, when was the last and then time I fed them? We have the one that will text us if there's um, water leaking. And then um, other ones that uh, we're working on, folks like to know, oh, when I left the house today, did I close the garage door? Yeah. So things like that, like you you, you can do it now. And, yeah. and when you watch these shows, you can hear how they're using Twilio and Zapier and If Then This That. And there's a lot of like even no-code solutions to do that. All you need to do is maybe a little cert Python. Okay. Uh, and last but not least, uh, Mark came by. It's been a one-year uh, show-and-tell anniversary. Uh, made a show-and-tell NeoPixel Featherwing. Uh, and it looks great using the show-and-tell logo uh, to celebrate one year of uh, come by show-and-tell. Yeah. 
right, thanks everybody. Very soon we'll be resuming stickers, but for now, all participants on the show and tell get our thanks. Um, it's part of our Adafruit live series of shows. Um, if you're watching right now, this second, it's Wednesday, 8 p.m. That's what you're watching. Show and tell is Wednesday, 7.30 p.m. These are Eastern yeah, times. Yeah, and yeah. together, those are our Wednesday shows. On Sunday, we do The Desk of Lady Ada. And The Desk of Lady Ada is uh, one of my favorite shows that I do on Sunday. Probably one of yours, Lady Ada. <laughs> and for desk it's my of, desk. And for Desk of Lady Ada this week, um, I, do? I do a speed up now. This is 30 seconds of all the things that yeah, we this did. Yeah, this was a long, we went a little bit long. Yeah. So, yeah, we showed off the Project Bundler. We talked about how it does it with the, the JSON uh, back end. So if you're interested in how it works in the in the back end, we also showed off a bunch of trinkies. Uh, we showed off this Cano board and then uh, the JSON output, and I did a teardown. And we showed off some graphics of trinkies. And then I basically just uh, did some trinky demos. Here is a rubber ducky project. Um, and also showed off the QT 2040 trinky. And then... I talked about uh, in the great search of finding a little... Yeah, so then we have the great search. We do that with DigiKey. And yeah. that's when Lady Ada uses her powers of engineering to find what you want. And then this one was a neat one because they are these, like, standoffy things. These are standoffs, which are incredibly hard to insert. It took me, like, a few minutes to insert them. But uh, they're, they're standoffs that are nylon, low-cost standoffs. And they're not actually standoffs. They're board supports, which is, like, the most of what I taught and you could learn from watching the great search is what they're really called. So I go through and I show how I find it and I look at the 3D model and then I look at other, within the data sheet, I get some ideas for other parts uh, for this board support to separate but mechanically connect the boards without extra screws or hex nuts or whatever. Okay, and uh, that's our show that we do on Sunday. So check it out. You can watch the full thing. That's our little speed up just to remind us because we go over a lot every Sunday night and lately we've been showing, I'd say, like four or five new hardware products. So um, definitely... A good Sunday night chill thing if you're interested in electronics. Come by. More. All right. So um, every Tuesday, speaking of live shows, we do a product pick with JP. This is where we broadcast live from the product page. And while the show is going on live, you have a really big discount. So here is this week's recap from JP. And don't forget, every Tuesday we do this if you want to save some bucks and also hang out with JP. The product pick of the week is the AMG 8833 Infrared Thermal Camera. I have a Pi Portal and I'm running an Arduino sketch with the AMG 8833 plugged in over I squared C. It is using its 8x8 infrared sensors to measure the temperature using infrared of objects in front of it. And then this program is actually interpolating that to the 124 pixels. So you can see we get a really cool sort of predator thermal vision look at the world. You can see pretty clearly me waving my arms here. Uh, as I get closer, it'll detect the heat getting closer. So there's my face. You can see my forehead is the hot part at the top, my mouth down below. It's the AMG 8833 thermal camera. But wait, there's more. On Thursday, on JP's show, um, he has a couple of cool things coming up. I'm going to show what's coming up this week on one of the previews. But uh, last week, I'd asked JP, can you show this cool thing that we just launched? It was beta on the Learn system. And uh, I'm going to let him explain it. But uh, we've already updated and uh, updated the name. I'm going to talk about that in a bit. But if you've just wanted the easiest... So too easy. We're making it too easy. Too easy. We're lowering the standards. Everybody, uh, so, anybody so. can do electronic programming now. What does that mean? So um, 
we're making it even easier to do projects. And JP's going to, this is like the first hour we launched and we was like, oh, hey, JP, go, go check this out and show it off on your show. Do a live demo. All right, so he did. Bundle fly. You're downloading a project from the Learn system and you just need to get the parts of the project you need. So that's going to be the code, that's going to be the libraries, and that's going to be the assets. We have this bundle fly, project bundler, that goes and collects all the libraries that you need to run a given piece of code and all of the assets. Gone are the days of separately copying things over. Now all we do is click on this project zip link. If I look in the contents of this unzipped uh, archive, that's everything I need. We'll pick everything here that I just unpacked from that project download. I'll drag it to my CircuitPy drive. This will follow all of the dependencies of everything in the code.py file and every dependency the library itself might have. Uh, oh, there it goes. And voila, bundle fly. So that is tomorrow. JP will be showing another piece of this. And then here's a preview of something you might see. All right, time travel, we're gonna look around the world makers, hackers, artists, engineers, information, and more. So first up, Adabox is full. Everybody who's gonna get an Adabox probably gonna get an Adabox. Um, we're shipping uh, end of April, May-ish. Uh, there's some parts delays, but we're not worried about that. Uh, we'll be worried about other stuff later, but not these particular parts. Um, however, um, here's what I suggest. Sign up, because if you didn't get a chance to sign up, um, folks move or their credit card didn't work or something and then we have briefly some slots that are open and you'll get the one that's coming up 17. Now here's the bit of news. If you are an international customer we are stopping pausing international after this data box. There might be a few people that had a gift certificate one and like we'll continue and we'll fulfill all those but we'll let folks know exactly when that's gonna happen. Reason is, the entire world changed everything with shipping and shipping Adabox. And taxes and VAT and yeah. many things. I had thought we were going to be an international federation of planets perhaps at some point, but no, we're all just independent kingdoms and uh, everyone's on their own and it's kind of crummy. So um, one of the things that's changed is anytime you ship something to another country, the cost for the end customer is going to be more than an Adabox at some point. And a lot of times it looks like that's becoming true. So nothing's changing for anybody at all whatsoever if right now. If you've already subscribed, you will get this yeah, box. Yeah, you're all fine. We're, we're, fine. we're going to work with our resellers. We're going to do everything. But basically, Adabox is going to be... Box. USA, Canada, and then when we do international, we just have to figure out yet another way to do it. So don't worry, not going to go away forever, but it will be going away soon in a variety of ways. Everyone will get an email. Don't worry about it. You'll know about it in advance. And no one gets charged until we ship anyway, so you don't have to worry about like, but I pay for a year. Don't worry about it. We don't ship until uh, we charge. Okay, next up. Here's what I wanted to talk about. So a couple weeks ago, probably like a couple months ago, I had made an observation and I said, observation. I said, hey, everybody, there's a lot of young people in particular that'll post their Lego projects up and maybe they'll do electronics or maybe they're just doing Lego. And uh, some guy, a bunch of dudes say, well, don't you know, here's how you spell Lego the right way. Don't you know, Lego is going to sue you because they sue everybody. And there seems to be this unofficial deputized 
Lego police. And I think we don't need that. And um, so I said, hey, instead of that, maybe just say, hey, cool project. Hey, nice use of these building block things. But what, when someone posts their project online and the only thing you have to say is, you know, Lego's trademark, when did we become trademark lawyers? Don't do it. If you're a trademark lawyer, you don't do that and you don't talk like that. You'd have to say, there's no legal advice, blah, blah, blah. That's, right. You don't see lawyers doing that, so don't do it. Yeah, they so, charge. Yeah, so the next so thing. So I do it for free. So the next one, I mean, respect trademarks, yes, but don't don't ruin a builder community by talking about how you're the unofficial enforcer of the Lego brand. Anywho, so the next one I talked about is there was a post on another website and it was brought to my attention and I took a look at it and I said, okay, we'll talk about this. Someone said the maker movement and Arduino, CircuitPython, had lowered the standards. So that means anyone can just learn electronics and anyone can just do coding. And they meant it as an insult. And they also said, you know, people just want to put LEDs on their bikes and they don't learn anything like that. Yes, some people just want to put LEDs on their bikes and that is a lot of fun. I do. This is mostly what I And do. some people are engineers and they go to space and they also put LEDs on their bikes. Some on people, the weekends or when they go to Burning Man. And then some people, they aren't into electronics coding yet. They just want to put LED on their bikes and they want to put their own images on it. And this is how you get them into oh, it. That's fun. So... Let's all avoid that thing. Now, this isn't an Adafruit community. It's not an Adafruit site. But I think if we're all aware of these things, we can help, you know, rehabilitate folks. Because if it's only crummy comments, it's only things that are going to discourage people, you know, the word gatekeeping comes in. So here's today's. Every single time we show someone how to solder or another company shows how to someone to solder, or someone shows how to do something that's a very important skill that some of these gatekeeper guys will say, like, you got, you got to cut your teeth on solder. Don't just plug in everything. The problem is this. Hey, everybody, it's solder, not solder. America, stop this now. Honestly, there's not a W in anywhere in there. Aluminum, too. Get that right as well. And I know they're joking, but they're not. This is every. I delete so many comments like this now when we say solder because that's. It's okay. You know what we're saying. It doesn't matter. And so my request is. Um, Omar also wrote a really good essay about how stupid pronunciation spelling is in English. I'm just cool with it. I, this is how it is. I use lowercase in my emails because it doesn't matter if it's a professional document that I'm putting up online. Um, except when I started Hackaday, it was all lowercase. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But, but you did that with CSS. But I did that because I wanted all the comments yeah, to be lowercase. Because it like lowers the volume a little bit. It's okay. It's okay. It's like shades so, for your eyes. Text. If you could just look at everything in like if you could turn down things, yeah. I think we would. Yeah. So um, so let's not do this. Don't and, do that. And let's let's if you're if you're gonna type something, say hey, this is really great that you're showing people how to solder. Don't. And this is such a. It comes up every so. We have like we have thousands of videos, and anytime there's any time, someone says solder, someone decides to stop everything. I've got to let you know. Can we talk about how the word kernel isn't spelled anyway the way it's pronounced? Like, yeah. The military term kernel, like it does not look anything like the word kernel. I'm not even talking why about that. Why don't you that? go bug the like? No, nobody goes okay, to the military do you know every why? day. Do you know why? Because they have guns. They have a gun. They have a gun. <laughs> and they'll be like, say kernel again. So that's you know, right. So, so so this is the thing. I don't think we should. We're talking about L's. If we're gonna if we're if we're gonna take the yeah. L. Now I'll say this. If if this was in in person and someone kept doing this, hey, I'm I'm soldering, and someone kept coming up to me and saying you're saying it wrong, I I would. I, Ooh, good point. But it's I on would, the internet. Maybe that's so why it feels like. I it's would okay. I would say I'm going to burn them. I wouldn't do it, but I would say it. You know, it takes a soldering 
it takes a person with a soldering iron to stop a yeah. person with a soldering iron. So, anyways, that's my request. Let's all, when we see this, to be like, hey, let's at least mention something about the good, not just like pronunciation stuff. Okay, cool. All right, more time travel. Uh, tune in next week for another passionate rant. Is it, uh, it's, not, it's, a, it's a passionate opinion brought to you by Phil Psyche. Yeah, so anywho. Not a rant. Happy birthday, Palolo. Happy birthday, Palolo. Um, in the chat, we were just talking about Spark Fun. I want to talk about Palolo because it's their 20th anniversary. And, Happy birthday. And uh, Palolo, go check out their website. There's a sale going on right now. They got great robots. Yeah, and robotics, you can see their first product. Motors. And you can see a whole series of products. And uh, Jan, who's the CEO, uh, co-founder, um, or founder, or co-founder, I think. Co-founder. co-founder. Um, you know, I get lonely too. I talk to other people who run companies because I'm like, what can we do to make this electronic world better? And I think when we all talk to each other, especially companies that are, um, like we don't consider each other competition. Uh, maybe at one point we did, but not anymore. And we're always looking out for each other when we can. And I remember when uh, COVID started and um, I was emailing with the co-founder. I'm like, here's what we're doing. Here's what, here's the stuff. Like, and we, and I, I feel like when we do electronic design and, and you come up with things, there's like a skateboarder culture to it, which is like, hey, check out my trick, check out my trick. But there's also like, how do we support each other running companies? Because it is one of the toughest, loneliest, intense things. You just eat glass every day and ask for more um, that you can do. So happy birthday, Palulu. Congratulations. Most companies don't make it 20 years. You did. All right, next up. We have a whole slew of videos. Collins Lab Notes is a little video series that we do every single day. Yeah. So it's a minute each. It's on all the social media platforms. I'm going to play each one back to back. See you on the other side. I've never owned a reflow skillet, so I figured I should start small. Say hello to MHP 30, aka Mini Hot Plate 30. It's intended for use in desoldering and rework tasks, but I'm guessing it'll work just fine for soldering a small board. I'll be using low temperature solder paste, which is also eutectic. So the tiny solder beads in the paste will go from a solid state to a liquid state all at once. For example, this test board I ran earlier. I didn't even speed this up. So I'll only have to cook my LED for a little while. And did it work? Yep. Thanks, Mini Hot Plate. For those who prefer feedback from their key switch, the question is tactile or clicky? Tactile switches provide a satisfying bump before switch actuation. This bump can be subtle or more pronounced. It's determined by the size and shape of an actual physical bump on the switch stem. Tactile switches are a balanced option, good for long typing sessions, and they're relatively quiet in comparison to... As the name implies, clicky switches provide audible in addition to tactile feedback. The sound is created by a mechanism inside the switch, usually consisting of a metal leaf spring, sliding collar, or in this case a spring bar, which creates a rapid drop-off in resistance and audible click after a certain travel distance. An RGB LED isn't exactly a single light-emitting diode. It's more like three rolled into one, or maybe it's a three-headed diode. You can see the three semiconductor light sources inside. 
using one of these with a microcontroller requires three current limiting resistors plus three free pins capable of pulse width modulation. Of course, this is the old-fashioned way of doing things. Digitally controlled LEDs make RGB lighting much easier. Each one of these has a built-in driver chip that listens for color data on its serial port. And when that properly formatted message arrives, this little NeoPixel kicks into gear and handles all the PWM and color control on its own, and continues to do so until it's told otherwise. Thanks, little buddy. While soldering, you should make a point of periodically cleaning your iron's tip with either a wet or brass sponge. But which one? A wet sponge is cheap and simple. You clean the tip by dragging it through one of the slots in the sponge. You will need to re-wet the sponge at the start of each work session, so you might want to keep some water handy. A sponge won't scratch your iron, but the water in the sponge will cool it down rapidly, and this repeated thermal stress over time will shorten the life of the tip. By the way, don't try swapping in a kitchen sponge. They can't handle the same amount of heat. The brass sponge costs a little bit more, but lasts much longer. It is more abrasive, but that actually helps it clean more thoroughly, and you don't have to water it, which is nice. Whatever cleaning method you choose to use, you can help preserve your tip by coating it with a bit of solder before powering down. Just FYI. Okay, more head all week from Colin. Uh, next up, we have a new jobs posted on the jobs board, jobs.adafruit.com, post your skills, or if you're a company, post a job, or if you're looking for volunteers, this is the Microsoft Flangebees Teals program. They are looking for a Teals volunteer. You can read all about it. It is a person who's looking for a computer science and creative problem solving passion. Has it impacted your life in a positive way? Help all students gain access to these critical skills and become a Teals volunteer. Uh, Teals stands for Technology Education and Literacy Program in Schools. And more details, jobs.adafruit.com. And uh, post up your, uh, if you have volunteer things that you want to do, um, it's okay as well. Uh, Lady Aiden and I look at each one of these and uh, we approve them. So you don't have to worry about spams and scam. And none of your information is shared. So that is why it's super good. Next up. Python on hardware. We got a bunch going on. Okay, let's zip. Let's see. There's so much going on. Right yeah, there. we so got to zip through it. We want to just pick one thing. I so. do. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna hit a couple things real okay, quick. Okay, um, We already talked about the um, learning system yeah. uh, project bundle. So this is uh, a little bit of a breakdown of what it is, and some screenshots. Uh, good work on the Catney Hackster featured the flowers. This is uh, Winter Bloom uh, synth, and it's powered by CircuitPython. Check out that cool interview. Uh, recap of Scott's deep dive, and then news around the web. Um, and Lots you, of Pico projects. Yeah. Like a Python, Circuit Python, but definitely a lot of Pico projects. People are building stuff. At yeah, Toddbot in the chat is doing a really neat thing with uh, all these encoders and MIDI stuff. So uh, check that out. I was looking at that right before our show started. Um, you just posted up some cool stuff in GitHub. Um, here's a Raspberry Pi Pico video conference controller running. You guessed it, Circuit Python. So um, if you look about what's happening, you'll see a lot of people are taking stuff they already did in CircuitPython and then seeing if it works on the RP2040. Then there's people who are like, I want to do a project, but the, the code isn't available yet for RP2040 unless I use CircuitPython because there's a ton of libraries, codes, mm. support, and projects. So we're seeing, like right now, it's our number one 
uh, download. Yeah. Um, and I'll talk about that in a second. Um, but it is right now the most downloads that we're getting for installing CircuitPython is on the tens or thousands or maybe even hundreds of thousands of Picos. So if you have a Pico and you want to do something but there's not software yet or you're just looking for some start uh, help, um, CircuitPython is the way to go. We have things for the Funhouse board, um, the Pico phone that was just on our um, show and tell. Show and tell. Um, so a phone made with robots, you guessed it. lots of key yep. pads. Lots of keyboards. Um, this is a cool uh, cat zoom demo with a Neotrinky, um, a uh, Cytron Maker Pi Pico, and it works with CircuitPython. That's over Tom's hardware. He's been covering a lot of what's been happening in the world of RP2040 and more, including they're like, it's like the, it's like gossip. It's like, look, there's chips on the way to Arduino. And it's like, ooh, and they have a, a, a shot of that. Um, so this week, the, the big story I wanted to talk about, which is at least the big story I think, and I'm just going to go over to the video in a second, is um, these Circuit Python powered wings. So this was the Feather project that has these flappy wings, and it uses Circuit Python. And they were, you know, fairy wing-like. And um, trust me when I say the world of, of cosplaying and fairy wings, it's not all happy rainbows. Um, and so we wanted to make sure that we got, like, the best guide that could be used for anything. We spent a lot of time on it. And check this out. We did not expect these cool, like... She's got wings and a tail. Wings and a tail. And this is, like, kind of one of the best examples I've seen of animatronics. And it just happens to be CircuitPython. And... This is someone who does cosplaying, um, I think, for a living. Um, tons of amazing costumes. Uh, that a drivable um, car from Wreck-It Ralph. It was just like, there's just, it was unending. As soon as I saw this, I'm like, this is the best thing ever. So this is all made with CircuitPython. And if you needed to make adjustments to your code at an event or something, it shows up as a USB drive. You can change the speed. You can change um, how much it pauses. Um, you might want to do something like, oh, I'm doing a photo shoot right now. It'd be great to have the wings do this. So anyways, this is like, I think, like culminates so many things together with 3D printing or learn guides and all this. And uh, projects like this will even be easier. And we'll talk about that in a bit with our new bundler. And then the other big news um, that just happened right before the show is we're up to 200 boards. Yay, 200. So like I was saying before, the number one download right now out of all 200 boards. And what are 200 boards? A bunch of them aren't even from Adafruit. We made CircuitPython so it could go anywhere, run anything. Other people can use it. And so now we have 200 boards. And if you look, one, two, three, just in the top eight, three of the boards are, oh, four. sorry, four. Half, 50% aren't from Adafruit. And, and the reason I'm mentioning stuff like this is because, you know, you have people that are nice about things. They're like, well, why isn't, our, why isn't it all Arduinos? Why isn't it all something, something? Why isn't it all this? And what we want to do is you could take a board and you can run MakeCode on it, or you can run Arduino on it, or you can run CircuitPython on it. And the developers who make boards... They want to have something that's updated all the time. Maybe they don't want to write an entire, like, almost OS at this point. Yeah. So anytime you update CircuitPython, you get all the new features in the latest that's right. builds. So, How nice is that? So this this came along um, because we thought this was a good idea. We have CircuitPython.org. It's not on Adafruit. And the top boards are from Adafruit. And so it's, it's all open source. And we have all these contributors. So we think that if you're – it's like one of those things, like, be so good they can't ignore you. Like, I, I understand, like, people dig in. They're like, I should always be C, C and C++ forever. But give it a try because it's a huge ecosystem. And it's fun. It's fun. And we're up to 200 boards. You can choose any any weird board 
Any, yeah. Imagine it. We probably have it. You like eating? Got it. You got want Bluetooth? Got it. Like STM? Got it. And we'll have a lot more. So um, congratulations on the team. Yay. Everybody Yay. out there, everybody community member, there's 200. We're going to have 200 more. And uh, check out circuitpython.org slash downloads, and you'll be able to see all the boards. Scroll through them fast and just use the filters. If you like Wi-Fi, you can see all the Wi-Fi boards. And with that, is that that's this week's Python hardware. All right. Todd bought with the uh, couple good comments here. Uh, CircuitPython devs, it's so fast to do a huge class of projects now. Yeah, that's it. It's true. And then Bill, uh, hey Bill, um, is in there and he says, the AT community loves blue because they made the Freedom Wing wheelchair interface possible. Their 3 volt to 12 volt up converter is amazing for 350. Yeah, see, this is why Can we Can be 350. All right, so we have one video I'm going to show before we do the guides. The video is from Phil B, and this was uh, one of the silkscreen videos he did. Yes. It's silkscreen time again. I'm working on the Itsy Bitsy RP2040, a small board with a powerful chip. Designing small boards like this, I, I try to avoid this phenomenon I call the blowgun effect. And this is, um, like going back to the 1980s, if you read like Mechanics Illustrated, there was always this ad in the back, two inches square, the Javaro blowgun. And even as a young teen with no real graphic design education, I could still sense some kind of aesthetic crime was being committed here. I do my best to avoid it, but sometimes these small boards, there's just, there's only so much you can do. And sometimes you just have to embrace the blowgun ad. You just have to be the blowgun ad. So there's the finished board. Yeah, it's a pretty busy itsy bitsy. Okay, we have 2,455 guides. Lady what's on the big board this week? Okay, we've got uh, a couple guides, a lot of contributor guides this week from uh, Jen. We've got uh, more DC motor performance hacking, so changing the frequency and the way you drive your DC motors to get um, the most torque whenever you need it. We got the new guide for the Adafruit Neo Trinky uh, from Katni. So we got Arduino and Circuit Python code to get your little Trinky board up and running, uh, touching and glowing. Uh, and we've got two guides from Lolly. Uh, we, we're going to be carrying the Scout Makes kits, and so uh, they put the guides for their two kits up on Learn. So when those are in the store, um, you'll be able to uh, quickly get to the Learn guide and uh, vice versa. Okay, so I wanted to talk about our big feature. Um, JP had a little bit of video about it. I also want to talk about it. So we don't have a logo yet. We're getting, we're getting close. Um, but uh, let's first go over to the Learn system. Ready? Yeah. Okay, so this is a guide that is the uh, code, the Sailor Moon Locket. And uh, before, you know, you could go to GitHub and you could, uh, you know, look at the code. You can cut and paste it. You could try to figure out which libraries. You could read them. You could, like, look at the specific things you could use. Circup. Uh, Circup. But now you just click Download Project Bundle. And when you download Project Bundle, it downloads a zip. And, uh, you know, I'm using my desktop here. It's like you want to allow downloads, all this stuff, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then you would download it. Yeah. And that has code.py. It has all the libraries, has all the dependencies, has all, Everything the, in the, right all the graphics, Yeah. all the music, anything you need. And you literally just drag it over yeah. to your drive. Very easy. So the big, the big pillars 
of like making electronics too easy. Yes. One is, do you have a site that's easy to use? Yes. Do, do you have a uh, store experience that's helpful and open for everyone? Yes. Yes. Do you have all the files posted on GitHub for open source use? Yes. Is there code under a license that's that's permissive so you yes. can use it? Okay. Do you have something like CircuitPython where when you plug in this microcontroller, it shows up as a USB drive? Yes. You do. Do you have like an entire support team and community that helps people out with code? Yes. Do you have projects that people want to do, or like cosplaying, or like uh, satellites that go to space? You have all these things. Yes, that people yes, actually yes, want yes, to yes, do. yes, 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 yes. So what's the next thing? There's so much stuff that you can do, just yeah. like computers with package managers and more, and Python known to be batteries included. We wanted to make something. We're calling it the, you know, project bundles. Yeah. You bundle it. It's bundlers, um, and. Uh, now you just click one thing and your drive shows up and you just drag all these files over and the project just works. That's right. So now you don't have to even worry about it being too easy getting the code now. Now it's too easy getting all the files. Yeah. So, so this easy. is, yeah, and it's really neat and elegant how you it works. You need to switch your soldering. Yeah, Lamar, yeah, Lamar uh, showed uh, how this all works with this requirements feature and then dependencies and then the JSON file. Scott's going to talk about it probably on Friday. But the thing that we're still working on is uh, we wanted to have like a little friendly like thing. So we're, we're calling it BundleFly because you bundle these up and then it flies over to you. So our, we're inspired by um, there's a really neat part of the fly with Jeff Goldblum. And uh, it'll be a lot cuter than this, but it's going to be called it was called BundleFly. We're calling ours BundleFly. Yes. So this is just to give people an idea of what's going to happen. If you saw Desk of Lady Ada, um, you were terrified by this. And if you haven't, now you are. Okay. So, next up. Yeah, you're going to, like, reach into your body, and it's going to, like, your guts are going to come out. That's right. Cool. Um, you know, or alternative, you know, you know the little thing that, like, shows the files flying yeah. from place to place? That's your intestines? No. The, the, I'm to stick on the corner thing. Bundlefly throws up on all your files, oh, yeah. liquefies them into a compact thing, brings them over to you, and and puts them onto your drive. Yes. Bundlefly. Bundlefly. Yeah. All right. So anyways, main New York City factory footage. We have some videos and some speed up some more, and I'm just going to play them see you on the other side.
City factory footage unless you saw some cranes outside of our window. This is the Disney building that they're building across the street. That's a big crane. This is where all your Disney Plus dollars go. In the gigantic pit. Yes, it's converted to Disney bucks. Crane time. Um, and then uh, here is a, not a sunset because it was raining. It was sun. Yeah. Still nice sun though. rain. All right, 3D printing, Pedro, we're going to show two videos. We have the square pixel project, matrix, and mm -hmm. then we have a speed up. So we're going to play this back to back, and we will see you on the other side. In this project, we're making a square pixel display with an RGB matrix in black LED acrylic. This is a 32 by 32 RGB matrix running CircuitPython in the matrix portal library. The electronics are mounted to a 3D printed frame on the back of the display. It's powered by the RP2040 Feather and the RGB Matrix Featherwing. Paired with the Featherwing Doubler, it's easy to swap out the feathers for future projects. The RGB Matrix Featherwing is set up so it plugs directly into the Featherwing Doubler. The frame and grid diffuser are 3D printed and snap fit together. A sheet of black LED acrylic fits over the display and it diffuses the LEDs. The 3D printed grid fits over the PCB with each LED enclosed in a square. This separates each LED and blocks the light from leaking into each square. 
the grid is what gives the display that iconic square pixel aesthetic. This acrylic is designed to diffuse LEDs and makes the colors really pop. The effect gets softer as it gets further away from the light source. The acrylic looks solid when the lights are off, making this kind of magical. This project uses the Matrix Portal Library, written by Melissa LeBlanc Williams. The code uses the library to create a slideshow player of animated sprite sheets. The images are stored on the drive, and the code looks for any bitmaps in this folder. You'll want to check and update the width of your display with either a 32 or 64. The sprite sheets are a series of images that are merged together in a single bitmap. Each section in the image is a single frame of the animation that gets played from top to bottom. It's really easy to play new animations by just tossing new bitmaps onto the drive. The code automatically cycles through all of the images stored in the bitmaps folder. The stock grid and frame will be removed from the display using a screwdriver. These screws secure the display's PCB to the stock grid and frame. The two are replaced by the 3D printed counterparts so they can be set aside. This was a non-destructive teardown and was fairly easy to take apart. Rest assured, you could put this back together if you ever need to. To cut the acrylic, I made a template and printed it on a sheet of paper. Using a hobby knife, I cut the square with a ruler so the cuts are nice and straight. I then proceeded to stick the paper template over the acrylic, lining it up with the bottom corner. I used a scoring tool and a ruler to carefully score the acrylic. I made several passes to get at least halfway through the sheet. You'll want to be really careful not to apply too much pressure. Once ready, I placed the sheet over the edge of the table and firmly snapped off the excess. The Featherwing Doubler is secured to the 3D printed frame using standoffs and screws. The frame is then fitted over the PCB with the grid diffuser on top. The black LED acrylic is fitted over the cover with the matte side facing out. The frame, PCB, and grid can then be pressed into the cover. Additional feet on the bottom allow it to stand upright so it's less likely to tip over. The IDC cable connects the display to the RGB matrix Featherwing along with the power cable. To keep the display up and running, you'll want to use a 5-volt power supply. This 10-amp 5-volt power supply is great when you want to light up all 1,024 LEDs. So if you have one of these RGB matrices, I hope this inspires you to check out CircuitPython. And if you're really into square pixel displays, check out some of our other builds. to make all this and more on 3D Hangouts every single Wednesday. Window and Pedro. Digi-key.
and Adafruit present. On MPI is worth electronic lady to this what, week. What do they do? What do they make? All right, this week we're covering an NPI from Worth Electronic. We've covered their stuff before. This is their second time around. I always love that, and we get to cover different uh, products from electronic companies. Um, so this week we're going to cover. This is kind of new. I didn't even know that Worth made uh, Opto Electronics. This is a Vixel. What's a Vixel? It sounds like Pixel, but it's not. This is a vertical cavity surface laser. That's right. It's a laser. Laser. Uh, you can have a laser on your circuit board uh, quite easily. You don't have to deal with tubes or high voltage transformers or any of that nonsense. So uh, what's a Vixel? Um, so, you know, I, like I, we, they call it a Vixel. That's apparently how it's pronounced. It's a vertical cavity surface laser. Vertical. That's because um, it emits uh, the laser out vertically through the top of the um, device. Cavity, cavity. it's not like a tooth thing. It's actually like how it uh, generates the uh, coherent light. Surface, you know, it's on the surface of, comes off the surface of the device. And it's a laser. Um, so this is a 3.5 millimeter by 3.5 millimeter Vixel. And you can see here, it's kind of taken apart. I got this from a presentation. There's a ceramic substrate on top of it is the um, the contacts, the uh, Vixel element. Uh, it's bonded onto the ceramic surface. There's a housing element, and then there's like a diffuse silica glass on top. And um, this has a 2 watt, 940 nanometer um, emission laser output. Except it's like, you know, normally you don't think of lasers as made out of sol um, solid state. But yeah, I mean, if you look at time of flight sensors and stuff, they're using uh, Vixels as well. Um, so this is, I, I got this from Wikipedia. This is kind of cool. They show like how it's actually built. Um, and they have like little thin layers of that end substrate. And that's what they use to, um, you know, basically create the, the cavity that emits the coherent light out of the top of the Vixel. Um, what do I mean by coherent light? What I mean is the light that comes out of it is really 940 nanometers. And you can see this is the distribution of light um, that comes out by intensity. And you can see it's very, very sharp and pointed. Um, it's really 940 and it's like not on the dot, right? It isn't like plus or minus 10, plus or minus 20. It doesn't have like a, a bell curve look to it. It's a very fine point. Um, and not only that, but all the wavelengths that come out are coming out at the same phase as well. So compare that with your favorite infrared uh, emitter before this Vixel, which was, you know, the infrared LED. Uh, these come in surface mount through whole, you know, large scale. You can get two watt higher emitters. Um, but if you compare the output, you see like the wavelength, this is a particularly low cost IR uh, emitter. We use this for like a TV gone projects. But you see on the left, the wavelength, um, it's 940, right? That's the middle, but it's like, it kind of smears out to like 900 up to, you know, almost a thousand nanometers. So it's, it's very wide band comparatively to um, the Vixel. And on the right, you can see the ambient temperature also affects the wavelength. So it's, it's like, it's good enough for an IR remote, and these things are a couple pennies a piece. But if you need coherent light, you need light that is you know, the exact wavelength and the exact phase all at the same time, and IR LED is just not going to cut it. So what are these used for? Um, they're often used for time of flight or, or basically LiDAR uh, devices. Um, so if you have an Apple phone, the Face ID system uses a Vixel um, to light up your face and then, you know, I, you read the patent, but it like looks at the, the response and it makes a map of your face. If you looked at um, the Xbox Connect, 
it also used uh, Vixel technology to... Now, in this chart, are these the standard things, distance, speed of light, time, divided by two? Are these, are these what these stand for? Yeah, because it's actually measuring how long it takes for light to bounce off of the point. And so we have time of flight sensors that we've covered before. Um, this is how LIDAR works. It act literally bounces light and it has to be coherent because it actually measures the fate you know you can't have a jumble of light it has to be coherent so when it comes back you can measure how long it took and the phase difference of that light um and you can do the math we're talking about like picoseconds here so you have to have a very good driver yeah. and that's one of the things that you light moves fast light moves as fast as light so you do need to have a driver like you can't just like turn this on and like boom you've got data coming out of it you need to have that precise timing circuitry and there's other companies that sell um the Vixel drivers. You just Google for Vixel driver and you can check it out there. There's various companies that sell them that will drive the Vixel that you've got here and then measure the light back. But there could be other use cases for it. This is just the raw emitter. There could be all sorts of uses for it. Um, it is infrared, so of course it's not visible to, you know, human eye. So, um, you know, worth, you know, in their presentation, they're like, look, you know, yes, a LiDAR and time of flight, uh, biometric and 3D recognition, um, robotics, home automation stuff. I mean, like, basically these things used to be crazy expensive, and now they're like 10 bucks, um, and you can just pick and place them on. So this is, like, pretty sweet. If you have a use case where you need infrared light and you could greatly benefit by having it be coherent um, and by having it be very uh, precise wavelength, a Vixel will do the job much, much, much better than an IRLED. Don't fight with an IRLED. It's not worth the time. This does the job much better. Um, so there's two versions of this. There's the A and B, uh, just to be aware. Both of them have the basically the same specs, but one has a viewing axis of 60 by 45, and the other is 110 by 85. So it's a wider or narrower band range. Um, it's pretty neat. It's like cool that you can just buy a laser semiconductor. You do have to heat sink it. I soldered up one to some wires, and and you know you can you can see the light come out of it. I'll say that ironically, it was I thought you know usually you can put an uh, uh, IR LED um, under a camera and it'll show up, but because this is so narrow band, it actually doesn't leak into the visible range. Enough. Oh, that's cool. So it's like I could I could it's show precise. it off, but it's yeah, it doesn't actually look as I thought like oh it'd be like a really bright point of light, but actually you don't really see it because yeah. it's doing a very good job of not you know that makes sense bleeding into into you, you don't want to waste all those photons right because usually because you saw this usually there's a wider spread um, so that said uh, check it out this is the B one again there's also the the A version of uh, the same uh, sensor. Um, and you can just, it, it, the both part names are like really long. So just search for worth BCSL and you'll, you'll find them, um, on digikey.com and you can purchase them and, and they're just, it's just a, a diode. You solder it on, you power it, uh, with a constant current, uh, power source, um, because it is, you know, 1.5 volts to two volts and it can draw up to an amp or more. So you definitely need like a good power supply and a good heat sink. Uh, but, like, this is a super cheap off-the-shelf way to get, you know, LiDAR-quality sensors into your design. Could be cool. And that's this week's Eye on MPI. Eye on MPI. Okay, we're going to hit all the questions at the end, but I did want to bring in one since this yeah. was related to this. Um, the diagram, uh, it shows that it's now a power output of 2 watts. Is it uh, powerful enough to burn through? stuff or is the wavelength too low um usually infrared isn't used i think it's a uv that are used to um 
as a laser. Um, that said, it's definitely too wide. It's too broad. Like you need you need to focus it. Could if you, you want to. use this for a TVB gun with like a hundred meter range? Yeah, you could. I was thinking about that, but you'd also again you'd want to focus it because it's quite wide. Yeah. But yeah, it might work as a TVB gun. But like you need <laughs> you need to really believe me. I turned this on and it's like the wire started smoking. It's 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 drawing a lot of power. It gets quite hot. What's the on off for these? Can you strobe them? Oh, like in, instantaneous, like you know, within one wavelength. They're designed to be driven by picosecond level drivers. Yeah. Or na nanosecond to picosecond uh, range drivers. That's how they do the time of flight. All right. Okay. So let's uh, now jump let's to new products. In. Yep. New, 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 All right, first up. Okay, first up, we've got the uh, Gameduino Dazzler. Um, and this is pretty nifty. So this is a, a two-parter, basically. On the right is a feather wing breakout. And on the middle is this GD3X Dazzler, which has a, I don't want to get this part number correct, this is a Spartan 6 XC6SLX9 Xilinx FPGA, and it's also got the um, this FTDI, uh, you know, HDMI driver chip. It's got a bunch of RAM and HDMI output. And basically, uh, it has a scripting system that lets, lets you very quickly make stuff that connects to HDMI, and you can play videos and animations, um, and it's like pretty nifty. If you want to have HDMI coming out of your um, Feather M4, this is designed specifically for the Feather M4. Um, it's kind of an all-in-one like video system. So I have it hooked up yeah, here. Yeah, check this out. This is hooked up to an HDMI monitor. And this is like the first demo you run. So it's got, you, you can load in this bitmap and then you tell it you want it to rotate it. So this isn't a GIF. This is a composite image yeah. where it's like, it tells it to draw the background, and then it tells it to draw um, all these blinkers and have them animate. So it's like you can do quite advanced motion graphics and animations. Even though the Feather M4 can't do it, you, you have basically this graphics coprocessor. It's quite powerful. Yeah. There's also um, an Arduino Shield version, and I think there's a Pico version. Of course, you can wire it up to a Pico. You just have to do wiring and stuff. Um, but I just thought this was so cool. There's like video game demos and like animation demos and like I think you can play MP4s or movies. Just a glimpse of where we're going with like CircuitPython. Like there'll be HDMI out for you know, yeah, and all the stuff. Yeah, and what so I thought was neat now. is what's, you know, the, the, the person who, James Bowman, who, who did this and wrote the code, he realized if you have a coprocessor that's doing all the hard stuff, right, all the graphic stuff, it doesn't matter if the programming language that you're programming the coprocessor with is slow because all the high-speed stuff is handled on the FPGA anyway. Like you don't need to control an FPGA with C. Control the FPGA with CircuitPython, it's easier and faster. You've got a file system to load. You know, this, this bitmap is a, on the file system of the CircuitPython device. That part's really easy, and then you offload all the graphics stuff to yeah. uh, the coprocessor. So very cool. Um, so like you want to do games, you want to do HDMI output, Game Duino Dazzler. Next up uh, from uh, M5 Stack, uh, this was kind of neat. Somebody requested we got this, and we, you know we'll, we'll always carry stuff on request if we think it's cool. This is an M5 timer camera. It's an ESP32 with eight megabytes of PS RAM, a camera module, um, and it's a nice little clip. And what's neat about it is it's an ultra low power RTC with a timer. So it's really designed to do like ultra low power, go to sleep, and then wake up, take a photo, and then send it over Wi-Fi. So if you want to make like an outdoor, you know, or powered, you know, low power Wi-Fi wake up, take a photo, send it project. This is kind of all in one. It even has a mounting bracket. It's kind of handy. Except. 
Next up, uh, NeoPixels, our favorite NeoPixels, either 3.5 millimeter or 3.5 millimeter. We love these. We use them on all sorts of our products, such as the Neo Trinky. You see four of them here and you see them on many feathers. And you're probably like, man, I wish I had a hundred of them. And I wish I had a hundred of them on like a piece of cut tape. Well, we gotcha. Um, this is, uh, we've stocked these in packs of 10, but if case you ever want to like use these in a small pick in place, um, it's less expensive. We'll just send you a reel of uh, 100 um, LEDs. Uh, you can use them. Uh, you can kind of hand solder them if you're careful. You can use them in reflow. Uh, just be careful about moisture. They're very moisture sensitive. Okay, next up. Next up, we've got USB-C. We've been carrying a bunch of connectors. These are very low-cost USB-C connectors. Why are they so low-cost? As you look on the bottom, you can see they are have fewer pins than normal. They only have six pins. Why? Because they're power only. These do not have data lines. We would repeat that again. They do not have the data lines. We have other Did you put it all over the product page in a million places? I put it all over the place. These are specifically for mm. power only projects where you want to power something over USB-C and again, only over USB-C, um, I think five volts. Put a five kilo ohm resistor from CC1, that's one of the pins to ground. Another 5K from the other CC2 pin to ground. And then there's two bus pins, two ground pins. You got five volts out. No data lines but they're really cheap and they're pretty easy to solder because the pads are really big. Uh, so there are projects that I think could use this. Um, other than that, they're great connectors. Just, uh, you know, I don't know if I mentioned it already, but um, no data lines, yeah. just power. All right, next up. Next up, this is a cool, long piezo sensor. Um, this is kind of interesting. So usually piezo sensors come in a square or round, you know, vibration sensor uh, shape. This is, uh, these are originally designed to be sleep sensors. Like they go in a pillow or underneath a uh, mattress and when people move, uh, it can detect it. So piezo sensors, when they're moved, you see this, this fine hand model, um, as this uh, fine model uh, you know, gently tweaks or pushes or twists the piezo, it generates a very small current between the two um, metal pins. You put a one mega ohm resistor between the pins, tie one to ground, tie the other to an analog input. You can read the analog input and detect touches, twists, etc., and then you can act on it. You know, in this case, it was designed for a sleep sensor data logger. That said, it's so unusual to find a piezo that comes in this shape. It's a very long, thin, flexible shape. This can be used for all sorts of uh, sensor applications, like wearables, I thought, or like sports, or um, you know, at any time you have a touch sensor and it has to go around something or through a thin slot it's just a very unusual shape it makes them a little bit more expensive but you know i've never seen anything like before so i think these are quite cool uh you can cut it down of course but once you've cut it you cannot reattach it because the film is, is you can't solder the film so you've got like the one end and then it kind of goes on for you know 600 millimeters cut it just be aware once you cut it you can't uncut it all right next up okay next up we've got uh the neopixel with, uh, this is a one meter long 60 LED NeoPixel strip, and it's got this very beautiful diffused silicone covering, which I'll also show on the overhead in a moment as soon as I get my, my demo going. Um, so these are basically like your everyday normal uh, NeoPixels, uh, power them with five volts, give them data on um, you know one of the pins using any NeoPixel library. But what's cool about them is um, they've got this very durable and weatherproof uh, soft silicone covering. So let me turn it off so I can show you. So it looks, you can barely see the LED strip through it. I mean, it's almost more visible on the camera. 
and uh, on the back it's got a nice it's it's a firm stiff like you can't really bend it this way but it, it you know it does bend back and forth this way and um what's nice about it is uh as i mentioned it's 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 a very nice diffuse effect more so than it's not as much as our neon which is um you know really a thick plastic and very hard to bend and it's definitely not as clear as a um the uh clear translucent normal neopixel it's it's diff diffused and it makes it like kind of pastel-y. Um, it kind of has a beautiful look. So we have really good photos. Check out the animations because they're they're shot quite nicely. But I think if you want something that's durable and weatherproof and and has a little bit of diffusion um, but still is flexible, um, this is a nice intermediary between the totally clear and um, of course this um, the the totally uh, diffused neon yeah. neopixels. Yeah. Hold it up. Yeah, I wanted to show it on the other camera too. So yeah, it's it's hard to explain, but it's like I like the look of it. Yeah, it's really you know? nice. It's a very elegant look. Um, yeah, I I mean I've, it's, I, I've known and seen projects that like this is this is the main thing they just wanted to be diffused, but they're using neopixels yeah, that aren't diffused. It, it just has a nice clean look to it. So I think uh, you know for wearable projects or architectural projects where you you want it to be thinner than the neon. But um, yeah. cool. not as not as harsh as the clear neopixels. So okay. I, don't know, I like it. All nice right. Stuff. Next up, the star of the show tonight, besides you, lead it, our team, our community, all the customers, the folks in the chat is Itsy Bitsy RP twenty forty. Um, that's right. We're gonna put some into the shop a little bit later tonight after the show because uh, we ran out, but uh, I stashed some, so we'll put some more in. This is the RP2040 based Itsy Bitsy. So people like the Itsy Bitsy inspired um, by Teensy boards, but I wanted to have them with different chips. Um, so it's kind of the, the same sort of size. It's, uh, I think, 0.7 inch by 1.2 inches. Uh, Bite-sized, but has a lots of GPIO pins. Um, the GPIO pins go all the way around. I want to show and compare. So this is the M0. Get right in there. Okay, so you got the M0 Express, the M4, lock, uh, the Blue Fruit, and now uh, new friend is made RP2040. So for Itsy Bitsy. It's for, well, there's Quad actually two more, the 32U4 ones, which I didn't even bring down because uh, these are nice and popular. But what I try to do is I try to make them sort of similar. I try to have like the NeoPixels over here, and um, you know, these have the buttons on the end. This, of course, has the antenna here, so the buttons have to, to move up. Um, so the Itsy Bitsy, if you want to have a LiPo battery, you have a LiPo backpack that you can use with it. Um, this is a single-sided board. It has an 8-megabyte QSpy flash. It has the reset button. It has the boot button. Um, I did the cute Pimerony hack where the boot button is also a user button after booting. So when you're writing code, you can use this as a single-button input. Uh, it's got a little NeoPixel here. I wonder if I still have the NeoPixel going program. Yeah, I do. It's got uh, one red LED for blinking. It's got the crystal, power supply, lots of little capacitors. I had to use a 402 component to make everything fit, but it did all fit in the end. Um, and then on the bottom, we have the GPIO pinout. So this is if you're using it with Pico SDK or with, you know, MicroPython or, or something where you need to do the raw pin numbers, these are labeled on the bottom. And then um, there's one pin, D5, that's special purpose. Uh, and that pin is level shifted up to about five volts. 
So if you want to drive NeoPixels and you want a five-volt output, there's, some, there's just some times where people are like, I need to, to, to control something that's a five-volt input. It really wants five volts, particularly NeoPixels. That pin is level shifted out to zero to five volts. So you've got one pin over here. It's five. It's got the exclamation point to remind you that it's the output pin. Um, but otherwise, it's, what's nice about the RP2040 is, you know, it's, it's a dual core Cortex-M0. It's running at 130 megahertz. It's got CircuitPython and now Arduino um, support's coming out. MicroPython support. You can do Pico SDK. And you just got a lot of pins. Um, and I made sure that, you know, you've got not only a lot of pins, but you got all the analog pins. Um, there are eight pins in a row if you want to do, like, camera projects where you use the PIO to, to drive eight GPIO at once. Um, they're not all in a row because I wanted to match, like, the SDA and, and SPI pin and UART and analog pins match the other itsy-bitsies. Um, but they are available. You can get to all those pins if you want. They're just, if you look on the bottom, I think it's... Uh, 26, 27, 28, 29, and then 24, 25, 18, 19, 20, you know, whatever. Basically, you got lots of pins that are in a row, so if you want to use PIOs to, to drive many pins in parallel, you got it. And, you know, what's nice is that you can swap the, between the two. You got a project with an M0 and M4, you want Bluetooth, swap between it, you want RP2040, swap between that as well. So, um, you know, this is one of the original RP2040 boards that we said we would design, and so we've we fulfilled it. We got the Cutie Pie, Itsy Bitsy and the Feather. So this is a great tiny board with lots of GPIO pins. And if you want, you can add a LiPo charger onto it by soldering on one of our LiPo backpacks. And that's new products. All right, so we're gonna do some top secret and uh, I'm gonna go to the Discord and do some uh, questions. So let's first, uh, while they're loading up over there, and I scroll back a little bit, here's, okay. um, I'm going to play three videos. Uh, they're very fast, so I'm going to play them one after the other. These are stuff that we're working on and more. Maybe it's a tester on how we're doing things. And then I'm going to show some images of some things that are coming up. All right, Lady Ada, what is this? Hey, it's a STEM Sunday, and today I'm reviving a really old project. This is a rotary encoder to I2C converter using Seesaw. It's a little 50-cent uh, chip that does the rotary uh, encoder measurements and then sends the data over I squared C. Got my J link here because it's going to be uh, fun to debug this. Um, I've got my Metro wired up to this rotary encoder, and you see here I can turn this. And when I turn this knob, I have this Arduino code that is measuring the uh, rotary position and uh, plotting it out for me. So you can see it's working pretty well. Um, what's nice about this is rotary encoders are really annoying to write firmware for. So having it all over I2C means you can connect multiple rotary encoders and you don't do a lot of timing nonsense. So um, just testing this out. And it's also got a little button you can press. So this will be in the store soon. Early data, what is this? Hey, I am working on more rotary encoders with uh, the Seesaw, the SAMD09 I2C to rotary encoder converter. And um, I already got the single I2C to uh, rotary converter adapter working. But now I'm like, what if I want four rotary encoders? So we've got like one, two, three, four. And I have NeoPixels, and the NeoPixels like change color based on uh, you know how I'm rotating it so I can test all four encoders. Um, the cool thing is the code is actually extensible to like 16 encoders if it wanted to, but I think four is a good number. So over on my computer, I've got uh, this um, 
example code that's plotting the loader encoder reading. So this is how I'm just sort of testing to make sure that I can like twist all of the encoders and the values are changing. So looking good, very twisty. All right, Lady Ada, what is this? Well, I'm building another Cutie Pie RP2040 tester. This is the Cutie Pie RP20. It is so cute. It's so small. It's got all these pins and on the back, got that Raspberry Pi logo. It's an RP2040 with eight megabytes of flash. Uh, it's got a stomach UT connector and two buttons and a NeoPixel. And we have to test each board, make sure it works. So I've got this TNT 3.6 and it's using mass storage over USB to literally like load this as a little disk drive and then drag over the test UF2. So I plug this into USB-C and then I've got this little cutout here, which, cause there's no mounting holes, so we have to line it up perfectly. I press the button and this runs the test and then it takes about two seconds and then we know it's working. So if you want a cutie pie, sign up. It's part number 4,900, easy to remember. We're gonna be making more of these as you see, it's fast. So I'm gonna test these and put them in stock today. All right, lady, what's this? It is a um, long, 75 millimeter long slide potentiometer that will connect over I squared C and has some NeoPixels on the bottom. What's this? This one is a uh, four arcade button with four LED um, driver also over Stemma QT. What's this? This is the QD2040 Trinky. This is the idea of a plug-in board with an RP2040 that you can then put a STEMI QT board on top of and turn it into like a little like DIY Trinky. Someone called it Linky Trinky and we might have to use that. I don't that. know, Linky Linky Trinky? Yeah, next one's mine. So each Trinky that we're releasing is gonna have its own character. This is the potentiometer Trinky. Sorry, then no, it's the rotary encoder. Sorry, rotary, rotary encoder. This is the proximity, uh, trinky. proximity trinky. This is a NeoPixel Trinky. And then we have a, we started off with this. This is a keyboard Trinky, but then uh, I was talking to Bruce. I'm like, hey man, like, you might want to make it look more like keyboard. So now this is... Oh, yeah, they got a cool backpack. Neo-key, Trinky. Neo-key. Neo-key. And um, these will be the ones, the first four that we're doing. And then we'll have some um, non-forever Trinkies. Um, we might, like, have to call them, like, MNFTs or something. But uh, just stay tuned for these. These are all the characters that go with it. And that is top secret for the week. Okay, I'm going to go to do questions. Don't forget, we're on Discord. Do for .it slash Discord. Okay. I'm going to speed round these. We're speed round. I won't show this. Well, okay, no, we'll get to them. We, got, we got all of them. Wait, wait, okay, I tried ready? to get through new products fast. Okay. Yeah, we did. Okay, let me start getting through these. Uh, there was a bunch that came up here. Um, this is a video, a picture one for you. How come the board comes out of one side of the belt on our oven? Um, is it just the order or is it just... Oh, sometimes when we want to put boards through um, and they sit flat on the... It, it's more work because you have to put them on the on the mesh belt, but they, they come out flatter. They don't they don't sink. So for some okay. boards, it's better if you put them on the mesh belt. Do you still use your hot air gun? I do. Okay. Uh, it's what, great for your work. Oh, what solder or solder do you use? Um, I, I actually use lead-free a lot, but I still have uh, some leaded 6040. That's the same ones we saw in the shop, to be honest. I really like it uh, okay. when I'm, I'm dealing with something that's better with low temp. Uh, what do you think of converting an air fryer to reflow instead of a tester oven hot plate? I have a cheap one just sitting here tempting to think I'm, the blower might help. <sighs> no idea. I just look online, see what people are doing. My guess is it's not going to work. Yeah. I, I think you need a more stable... Like a hot air, it's, it circulates too much, I think. Yeah. And also might blow the parts off. I don't even know what an air fryer is, yeah. to be honest. Okay. Um, I'm not from the south. Um, next up. 
Christopher the show, the game Duino, 3X Dazzler. I appreciate the heads up that you can't use a stacking header. Thoughts if you can get an airlift breakout to the pins near the header. I wanted to connect it to Adafruit IO, or should I wait for the Adafruit DVI breakout? I would actually ask the James Bowman for support because the pins are fixed, and I don't. I think it conflicts with the airlift. I don't. I don't actually know. It's a, It's very magical. Um, I would ask him to to try out to make sure that it is compatible with any other feather wings. Okay, is it easily possible to change the picture on the matrix display over Wi-Fi from Windows using an easy custom app like LabVIEW code? Which, uh, if so, which feather brain is the best for this type of dedicated 24/7 micro 2x2 array of addressable LED apps, ESP32 still, or RP2040 with Wi-Fi shield frames per minute? Um, you you could. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of you're asking. So what's that real time? Microsoft one on Windows. Yeah, just use Expressive Pixels. Expressive Pixels is exactly what I, you want, I think. Yeah, just use that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I was like, too, okay. too many question marks. Photons or waves? Both. I know, no, this is the thing. Okay. You know, I'd like to work on the standard model because I think there's some things. We got some muons, but um, it really needs some work. Yeah, yeah. we were busy. Got to do electronics first. Okay. Uh, is there anything special I need to set up a board for pick and place? I have boards made for hand assembly and eagle, but is pick and place much different? Is it easy as to follow the design rules and give them the Gerber? You need to talk to your board assembly house. They will tell you exactly what they need. And believe me, they have a list of all the things that they don't want you to do. So you should ask them because they will have that list. And please follow the list. And okay. do you know have you, you can have them look at your Gerbers before you order them. Because it's very expensive to reorder Gerber, especially if it's more than a two-layer board. Can the piezo sensor be used as a buzzer, like a button piezo? No, transducer? it's a sensor input. Okay. Is the RP2040 itsy bitsy USB-C or micro? It's micro to stay the same as the rest. Okay. Uh, how about a two-millimeter pitch version for 24% smaller, castellated only for thinner? That's a different board. Okay. Uh, question: I've always wondered, could you put an SD feather wing on an SD feather? I wanted to make a uh, a copper, maybe a copy of SD card test file. Uh, would the pins conflict? Any way to have the additional SD card use another pin? It would not. Issues? An SD ADA logger, you could connect another SD feather. However, um, I'm not sure that the SD FAT or SD library and Arduino support having more than two SD file systems. So you're going to be stuck there. Okay. Um, 50, the $59 USB MIDI drums have eight encoders, seven bits. Circuit Python library for them yet? I have no idea what yeah. that is. You can connect eight encoders. I think Todd Bot connected eight encoders. You're from, you're from Boston. Um, yeah. how, how do you print, how do Bostonians pronounce solder? Solder. Solder, yeah. So that's pretty much yeah. Okay. Uh, mm -hmm. Is the humidity sensitivity in components only for pick and place or hand solder too? It's for hand solder, but um, it's because you're not putting it through an oven, it may or may not affect it. It's, it's a complicated thing, but um, you already have so much more danger going on with, with hand soldering um, that you, you, will, you will bump into different problems than okay. uh, humidity um, inside of, say, an LED that's cracking it open. Would you uh, make an itsy to feather? No, because we have the feather. We should use a feather. Okay. Uh, I'll answer this one. What will Adafruit's cryptocurrency policy be with regard to recent environmental concerns? Well, the only thing that we do right now is people um, can use uh, Bitcoin on checkout. It uses BitPay, and that 
gets converted to U.S. dollars to us at time of checkout. Yeah. Not really anybody uses it. Nobody uses it. It's like four people Because, yeah, and uh, maybe we'll discontinue it at some point, but the idea was when Bitcoin came out and it was people were talking about it being used as currency, not something you buy and hold on to forever and, like, watch it go up. Yeah, most people aren't actually spending it, so, so it has nothing to do with us. So, for, <laughs> so right now our policy is um, we accept it as a form of currency, Bitcoin, through yeah. BitPay, and we don't have any crypto um, uh, products of our own. So I'll give you yeah. an example. We don't, we don't have an Adafruit coin. Um, we're not doing um, Adafruit NFTs. Um, but what what is going to change soon? Probably a lot of things because people are talking about the environmental impact. I just saw um, there are certain countries where the, the amount of Bitcoin mining is so high, it's higher than all countries' uh, entire yeah. power usage. So obviously there's a lot to work out. Um, but right now, um, we really like to do electronics and focus on teaching and learning and helping people. And so I think a crypto currency or something like that would be a distraction for us. We're interested in what's going to happen. We're interested in eco-friendly things. So right now, the only thing we do, and it's been going on for, I think, maybe seven years, we accept uh, Bitcoin via uh, BitPay. Um, Because if you think about it, it would be nice for a currency to be used in this method, because that could potentially I think if it was used as a currency, save a lot of, of like... It wouldn't be used as a, yeah. yeah. The value wouldn't be so extreme. Yeah. Because it would actually be more tied to a dollar. Yeah. Yeah. you want to what, what's generally the the, the worldwide port, port storage being caused by um, it, it's not that boat that was stuck no uh basically long lead times uh some companies can book they pre-booked there's long lead time for components and people didn't do good forecasting this, yeah. that's how it is okay I asked, I asked about the itsy to feather converter um next up uh why is everyone moving to MIDI HDMI? It feels so weak. Yeah, you know, actually, Smaller, I, I like know. the bigger HDMI connectors. This, I personally one, this do. thing has a big HDMI. Yeah, I like that. Um, but I, I do. I have three different HDMI connectors I, micro, of the same camera type. So yeah. I have the, the you have to uh, mini Lumix. micro. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what's the best option for Feather that doesn't need Bluetooth or Wi-Fi? I like the Feather M4 or the new RP2040. Okay, having just got a grip on Arduino and Platform I.O., I see you're heavy towards CircuitPython. We always continue to support Arduino IDE and new products, or we'll have to learn CircuitPython. I would say look at the project you want to do and there if and see which is the easiest way to do it. There's times where we will just have like Arduino supports for something because it doesn't make sense to do it in CircuitPython. But for the most part, like we should have, you know Every, everything has Arduino support. Yeah, we should have pretty Unless much Unless there's a very, very good reason why it doesn't. Or we uh-huh. don't have the Arduino core. Like there was an Arduino core for RP2040, there is now. ESP32S2, I feel like the CircuitPython experience is better than the right. Arduino experience. But for the most part, there's always Arduino code, and you can choose. So every time, All the drivers. every time Arduino shared any type of stats about libraries and downloads, Adafruit was either number one or number one, two, and three, or number one through ten for libraries. Like we're, it's important to us. We like to support it. Yeah. But I'll say this: if if you have a chance, try one project with Arduino. Try it with CircuitPython. It's the same project. Compare and just see, because you who cares? Try it with MakeCode. You might like it on the same board. You can try it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do we think we'll see Intel or AMD microcontrollers? If so, uh, would you use them? Yeah, sure. They, they existed and they got discontinued. Yeah. Um, let's see. But I'll say this. I really like that Raspberry Pi has managed to come in and help disrupt the microcontroller market because it was needed. Yeah. And 
Good luck trying to find some Sam D's 21s right now, but you can find some RP 2040s. Sure. Okay. Uh, what library do you wish existed for CircuitPython? That's a good question. You can go anything? to github.com slash CircuitPython and click on the driver tag for issues, and people have requested uh, libraries. Yeah. Check those out. We'll write one of those. Because then you'll know somebody will appreciate it. Will we see uh, home automation products with cameras? Yeah. I'm sure you will. We will make them, and it will be open source, and you can figure out how it's all working out, and that's not sending cameras elsewhere, camera photos somewhere. Uh, thank you for the session. You guys will. Can you please share some insights to your journey so far? Oh, you got to wrap it up. So <laughs> watch the last four, 90 minutes. <laughs> we just talked about it. Um, you know what? I will give you just uh, one sentence to, to ponder over. Yeah. Publish something every day. It's true. That's the best advice. Because that covers probably a whole bunch of other things. But no matter what you're doing in life, whether it's like I want to exercise and lose weight, put X on the calendar every day in a row that you do it and keep those going. If you want to be a writer, write something every day, but make sure you publish it. If you have ideas, publish them somewhere. Trust me, your ideas aren't so great that you should keep them in your head forever. Get them out there and also like you might end up meeting some people and, and do them. Um, so that's my... That's your word of wisdom. That's my that's my jewel of wisdom for today for your journey. Publish every day. Um, and then with that is all of our questions. We okay, great. Like, oh, one more. Sorry. How do you balance what you want to do on a product versus what will make it reasonable to market? Check out Make It a Market. We have a whole video series all about the process. Yeah. I will I add, 10 videos all about it. I will add the following. Um, I think back in the day, people would say, oh, you know, if something, if electronics are made it over, overseas, it's always going to be cheaper. That's not always true. In fact, we're competitive with everyone for what we do because turns out if you focus and you do really good manufacturing in one spot, you're testing prep in one spot, and you have really talented people, you can bring that cost down. So like a Circuit Playground Express, good luck trying to find something that does exactly the same thing with all its capabilities lower cost anywhere because hmm. ultimately yeah, design adds value you'd end up you'd end up we know what the bomb costs like it's it is a good value for what it is so i would say that that's one of the things too. Uh, make something so good that it's worth it for folks whether it be a time investment hopefully yeah. hopefully it's easy but also if it even if it costs more make it so you know that it's so much more valuable like you can you know theoretically you can you can get by with just like a knife in your in your kitchen cabinet and you can use it for everything but you're eventually going to like poke yourself you're going to hurt yourself you should probably get a fork at some point or Where a spoon are you, where's this going? <laughs> because it's worth it okay like you're making things easier you're doing things for people so i feel that way with electronics okay. <laughs> like your your time is valuable like you can get by with just having one utensil yeah but like your time is valuable so like if you want to do like led art and stuff like that like yeah, you can, use the right tools. You can cut your teeth on and make sure you learn a transistor and a capacitor, and five years from now you'll blink. Or you can like use something that just gets you started easier because your time is valuable. Or stab yourself with a knife. In, in your the choice. Eye. Yeah. Some people like that. Okay. It's their hobby. So that was the um, that was the last thing. All right. We All right. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow. On some form online in some way. JP shows tomorrow. Scott's deep dive is Friday. Thank you so much, everybody. Let me see who is in our behind the scenes Afruit chat tonight. And I'll thank them. Thank you, Takara. Thanks so much, Takara. We will see everybody next week. Thanks for ordering stuff, please. Um, keep us going. Who's everybody? Thank you. Thank, thank you, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And we'll see everybody next week. Here is your mum Zener. Bye.